0: It was your son's best friend who'd been in an accident. They'd given up on him and, and said that, the doctor said that he was what?
1: First of all, they had passed, pregnant, passed through the night. They thought he was going to die and that was uh-huh. it. And about two weeks after he'd been in the coma, God woke me up Saturday morning and said, I want you to go lay hands on him today.
2: This anointed one that got a hold of me on the road to Damascus that blessed me with his anointing and given me his spiritual treasures has given me access to so much more than I have seen and so much more than I have experienced.
0: to miracles today where all you need is faith in God and I've got with me as my special guest Margaret thank you for joining us on miracles today it's so good to have you here my I want to go go back to um when did you realize that God had called you to do something
1: special for him Probably after I met this ministry. A- after? You, after? Can, you, can you say that again? Say that <laughs> after again. After <laughs> I came in contact with this ministry.
0: Okay. Explain that to me.
1: I didn't get saved till I was 38. I didn't know anything about God before that. Um, I knew there was someone or something in my life watching over me, but I didn't know God. I got saved when I was 38, and about two and a half years later, I met this ministry. And between that time, I was in the Word, and... Uh, learning what I could, but I didn't really have a church that really taught me yes. who I was, that God had a purpose for me. It was God loves you. He's going to heal your life, heal your heart. But that was about it. But when I met this ministry, I knew that God had something for me to do, a, a purpose that well, I could I mean, do.
0: How, how did you know? Tell me about that. I mean, what, what happened inside of you that, that you, that you that you knew that God had a purpose for you?
1: I don't know. There's always been a, a, something in me that knew that there was something. Even when I got saved, like I said, my pastor would tell me God loved me. He was going to heal me. But I always knew there was more. There was something more than just God loves me and go through life. And when I got the teaching from this ministry and I found out who I was in Christ, that I could make a difference, that I could speak into people's lives, um, that I could change people's life. I could tell them that God loves them, but I could also tell them that you have a purpose. That God put you here to make a difference, to touch other people. And as people touch people, the world has changed, people have changed. And I don't know how to describe it any better than that. I just knew that there was more. (laughs) Well, that's really good how you're
0: explaining it. and, And you had a profound effect on your mom. Tell me about that.
1: Well, my mom, I'm of a Jewish background. My mother's Jewish. My father's Catholic. I was related more to my Jewish mom. Uh, Her mom died when she was five, so she really didn't know anything. Her father never taught her anything about the religion. She was never really in temples since she was a little girl. But she always identified with those Jewish roots and wouldn't let go of them. I think it was her way of identifying with her mom that wasn't there anymore and a way of identifying who she was. Um, So you
0: were really raised Jewish, even though you you weren't really taught in the synagogue, but you were raised you
1: know, right. your mom's
0: a Jewish lady.
1: Right, yeah. my mom is Jewish, so yeah. I identify with the Jewish right. more than that, even though I didn't know what that meant.
0: Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, it was more to be different, I think. That yeah. unique. We all want to be unique. Yeah. Me- <laughs> but um, when I got saved, I started witnessing to my mom, try to say more in the Old Testament, to remind her of things she could remember, Bible stories about Moses and uh, the children of Israel and things that she might remember and try to bring that into the Christianity but a way that she could relate.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And uh, if I pushed too hard more into the, you know, Jewish, the Savior, you know, she would pull back. And so I would wait a while and go back to, you know, the Messiah, uh, the Jewish was Adam and Eve in the fall and how God promised to redeem us. And, and, and
0: how long did this, um, did this go back and forth between you and your mom uh, about before, before that profound incident <laughs> happened in her life?
1: Um, probably about four years, because about two more years while I was still in New York and about two years after I moved here when she finally got saved. So
0: you were doing a lot of praying. Yes. So so, so your mom is a Jewish lady, but now she's... Born again. Born again through your ministry. Yes. Now tell me about this exciting experience you had um, when you went into... Was it a pediatric? Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> tell me about that.
1: Um, my son's friend was in a car accident. He got hit by a car, was thrown up in the air, hit the concrete, and uh, was in a coma. And they told him, that, first of all, they had passed, back then passed through the night. They thought he was going to die, and that was it. And a couple days later, he was still alive, and so they put him in the pediatric. He was in a coma, but they gave up on him. And I'd been praying for him.
0: And this was your son's friend? My son's best friend. Yes.
1: Yes. And uh, I'd been praying for him just like, you know, my pri- private prayer time. But they, no one could go into the pediatric ICU except for the family. And about two weeks after he'd been in the coma, God woke me up Saturday morning and said, I want you to go lay hands on him today.
0: So you just felt this incredible presence mm-hmm. to go lay hands on him.
1: Yeah, I just knew I was supposed to do that that day. It wasn't a voice or anything. I just knew.
0: Well, you know, thing. hold that thought. We'll be back in one moment to hear the the result of this amazing story um, uh, about what God asked Margaret to go do. Welcome back to Miracles Today. And I am here with Margaret. And And right before we left, we were talking about how you went into a pediatrics ward. It was your son's best friend who'd been in an accident. They'd given up on him and, and said that the doctor said that he was what?
1: That he be in a coma the rest of his life, and if he ever did come out, he'd be a vegetable because and his head had hit the concrete. what did you do? Um, I went to the hospital in obedience to what God had told me. I brought a prayer cloth and some oil, and the only prayer cloth I had had been anointed by my pastors for a financial blessing. And I said, well, it's blessed, it's blessed. I just put more oil on it and blessed it for <laughs> That's healing. Right.
0: He's probably a millionaire now, too. <laughs> Not only you. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: So I walked into the hospital, and the, IC- the pediatric IC unit is all off limits. You have to walk past security guards. You have to have a pass. I walked right past the security guards into the elevator upstairs. Well, they didn't see you? <laughs> they didn't say anything. So yes. I don't know if God shielded me or whatever. Yeah. But I went up there, and at these closed doors, you get to the ICU unit, and I just pressed the button and walked in. Then there was another set of doors to get to the pediatric unit, and I just pressed the button and walked in. And then his room was right across from the nurse's station, and she wasn't there, but the glass, it was all glass, so if I went in there, she would see me when the nurse came back. So I kind of stood out there trying to figure out what to do next when the nurse came by and she asked me what I wanted and I said I wanted to pray for Matthew that was his name and I want to you know put a prayer cloth on him with oil and she stood there and she said you can't do that and she went on for about two or three minutes I didn't say a word she was like it's against the rules you can't do it I can't I'm sorry I can't and she went on and on and on and I just stood there like she was arguing with somebody but I wasn't arguing with her mm. and finally she goes okay just for a minute <laughs> So I went in and anointed it with oil and uh, with the wrap thing under his pillow. And then she walked in and fluffed his pillows up, and she said, show me the prayer cloth. I want to see what it looks like so I can tell the other nurses so when they change the sheets, they won't throw it out by mistake. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> so then what happened to that boy?
1: About two days later, he came out of the coma, and the doctors couldn't figure out. It was fine. They sent him to a rehab center for about a week, and they said, there's nothing wrong with this boy, and they sent him home.
0: So the Lord used you to bring a miracle not only to your mom mm-hmm. and probably many others, but also this beautiful young man. Mm-hmm. Margaret, can you share from your heart with our partners and friends that are watching right now what International Miracle Institute has done for your life?
1: I showed me that I can make a difference, that, each of us can make a difference. God has a purpose for each life. He wants lives to touch lives, people to touch people. And you can be all God has for you. You can be a miracle worker. You can make a difference in your family, in your home, your community, and around the world. The International Miracle Institute, they will teach you how to cooperate with God, learn the Word of God and who you are, that you can do that.
0: Well, Margaret, thank you so much for joining me on Miracles Today. And and i just like to tell you, you to stay tuned with me because later on, just like Margaret, I'll tell you how you too can become an International Miracle Institute student. But right now we're going to go to Dr. Christian Arfouch, God's Prophet of Performance.
2: And Philippians chapter 3, Paul had a revelation. We'll get into it in a minute. I hope you have your running shoes on and your jumping shoes on. Because some are going to feel like running, some are going to feel like swinging from the light. We don't have chandeliers, but uh, help yourself. Listen, listen to the Apostle Paul, verse 12, not as uh, of chapter 3 of Philippians, not as though I had already attained, in other words, I haven't arrived, it's not like I, I'm already all that, either were already perfect, what does that mean? I, 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 I am continuing to grow in this grace God has given me, this is uh, the, an apostle now, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended uh, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus I want you to look at me for a minute look at me do you see me? now hear this the apostle Paul said this literally he said it's not like I've arrived have seen everything And have become all that. But here's what happened to me. I have been apprehended by something that is so big that I live my life endeavoring to apprehend what has apprehended me. In other words, the Christ that got a hold of me is so much bigger than the experience I have in Him that I never get tempted to think that I've arrived or seen it but I always go from glory to glory endeavoring with all of my might to get a hold of and access the fullness of what has gotten a hold of me. Glory to God. Did you get that? In other words, I haven't yet apprehended I haven't yet become all that but I spend my whole life endeavoring through the grace of God given to me to apprehend what has apprehended me this Christ this anointed one that got a hold of me on the road to Damascus that blessed me with his anointing and given me his spiritual treasures has given me access to so much more than I have seen and so much more than I've experienced so i spend my whole life endeavoring to access more of what he has put on the inside of me so now you, you got to understand now we don't have time to go there but it's the same Apostle that said in Galatians two twenty, 20 and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me we're talking about a man Whose handkerchiefs and aprons cast out devils and uh, cast out diseases. We're talking about a man who was caught up to the third heaven and beheld things uh, in a heavenly realm that were impossible to articulate in earthly language. We're talking about a man that he received his gospel by revelation. Talking about somebody who could not drown. Someone who would not be poisoned by snake bite. Someone who would not die being stoned. Someone who would sing his way and praise his way out of prison. We're talking about someone who would blind the sorcerer by the power of the anointing of God. And then he says to all of us, it's not like I'm all that. It's not like I got there. But I know that the one that got a hold of me is so much bigger than what I got a hold of. But I know that what got a hold of me is available to me. I haven't got a hold of all of it yet, but it got a hold of me. So I just spend my life endeavoring to get a hold of what got a hold of me. More righteousness got a hold of you than you got a hold of. More wisdom got a hold of you than you got a hold of. More healing and more health got a hold of you than you got a hold of. More wealth has got a hold of you than you got a hold of more power has got a hold of you than you got a hold of but here's the good news if it caught you you're called to catch it and this is the hour of catching what caught you glory to God hallelujah hallelujah All right, that's not the point. That's just the prelude. <laughs> Brethren, I count not verse 13, myself to have apprehended. I, didn't, I, I haven't grabbed it. I haven't arrived. I haven't gotten the, the, the fullness of it by experience. And I, but, but, but it got me. But this one thing I do, or watch here. Uh, the um, italicized words, notice if you're reading out of the King James, this and I do are italicized. That means they were added by the translators to better clarify the text. So it's okay for a minute to just take a nap and see how it sounds. Is that all right? Yeah. Just for a minute. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing. He said, I I didn't get, but one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. You got to get this. Catch this tonight. Hit the person next to you. Say, catch this. (laughs) See, in other words, Paul said, here's what I... God, I got the knowledge to make the choice never to live in the past. I got the knowledge of reaching forth to the things which are before me.
3: Miracles, you know, a miracle is the supernatural intervention of God in the natural order of things. And Christian, we have seen so many miracles in our ministry, but I think the thing that makes me the happiest is to actually see one of our students be used by God like the book of Acts, to perform a miracle, like our our, our first uh, uh, story today with Margaret. I mean she she was used by God to lay hands on the sick, and she saw them recover. and this is not you know when Jesus was walking on the planet. This is right now. now
2: see that is what is so wonderful about the power of God working in the life of an ordinary believer. Not awesome, Robin, that uh, through the teachings of the Miracle Institute, people are exposed to miracles. One of the most uh, uh, widespread fallacies is that miracles can happen, do happen, but that man has no role to play in the participation or cooperation uh, of a miracle. And in the International Miracle Institute, we will take uh, the miracles of the Bible and break down how a believer who's called to have signs accompanying them so that they can lay hands on the sick and see recovery. They can cast out devils. And we show how cooperation with a miracle is necessary for it, it, for its full manifestation. Uh, there are some miracles that God will do in our lives that are sovereign. You know, uh, we're skeptics. We don't know what in the world uh, God's going to do. And then we run into uh, God, and He gets our attention. But after that, the just shall live by faith. And so we, we uh, are just so thrilled to hear of, uh, here's a, a a person in a coma, in a coma, medical community, medical science, um, with all of its knowledge, can sometimes come to the end of its knowledge, at the end of its rope, so to speak, not be able to do anything except hope and pray because a person in a coma uh, is um, uh, uh, a person that is beyond uh, beyond a touch sometimes and beyond communication sometimes. And Margaret in this case comes with the great commission to lay hands and to uh, pray just the prayer of faith, an ordinary prayer of faith and the power of God goes to work just as she's thought uh, she's taught in IMI and the Lord just goes ahead and, does, and perform a miracle. Now, uh, it's great to hear uh, things like that done through uh, miracle ministries, like ours and great, wonderful uh, um, evangelism and, and uh, prophetic ministries around the world. But when you see this awesome dynamic of an army being raised up, of ordinary people, normal, ordinary people, who have the ability to pray, to visit the sick, uh, to minister to them through the laying of hands and see miracles, not only healings, but a phenomenal miracle of literally seeing someone recover from being in a coma. That's not something small. If you are viewing today and you have the call of God on your life to see the miraculous, get the correspondence course and become part of this army that's going to shake the world with the power of God.
3: Christian, you know, many people hear these great stories day after day as we, as we interview the students of International Miracle Institute, but they wonder, you know, how can that really happen? Well, the way International Miracle Institute works is that you will receive um, information and revelation that has taken thousands of hours and 25 years of of experience in ministering to multiplied millions of people. And and you need to go and call and become one of the International Miracle Institute students. The Word says that my people perish for lack of knowledge, not because they're not Christian, not because they're not saved, not because they don't know Jesus, but for lack of knowledge. And so join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.